welcome back to Building a Fighter. My name is Dr. Austin Shane, sports chiropractor and strength coach from Scottsdale, Arizona. With me, as always, badass strength coach in Denver, Colorado, Alex Friedman. And then we have a guest today. I'm excited about this one. Uh, we have Corey Beasley from formerly Fight Camp Conditioning, now GetPhysical.com. He's with us on the podcast. And Corey, how are you doing today? Doing great, guys. How are you? Dude, I'm just living. It's a beautiful Friday morning. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for this today. This will be uh, the highlight of my day. <laughs> uh, Corey, tell us a little bit about yourself for the people that don't know you. Um, I've been a, a strength coach for about 20, like I think it's 23 years or so now, 20 plus years, whatever it is. And um, I started out in Chicago, Illinois uh, with no experience, just kind of wandered into a personal training gym and was trying to get a job out of college and uh, <laughs> lucked out. The guy, Tony Bruno, that gave me my first job, he uh, he was pretty patient and just fed me a lot of a lot of good information to read. Hey, watch these videos. And it was just grilling me for a long, long time. But I think he laid a good groundwork for, um, for at least my thought processes and stuff like that and how I was kind of gearing my my education. But um, I started there. I worked in, you know, large health club setting with Lifetime Fitness there for a little while when they transitioned into Chicago. Um, then went independent, uh, ended up moving out to California, just looking for opportunities and just trying new things. Um, and just kind of hustled out here for a little bit, opened a couple gyms and uh, learned a lot in both of those areas. But um and op- between the first gym and when we were open the second gym, um, we kind of, the first gym kind of organically took on a, a very fight centric uh, branding, I guess, right? We were, we okay. opened up on a pretty low budget with white walls and concrete floors. And uh, <laughs> it was my goal. It was my goal every single week just to get things better, right? I wanted to just keep making things better every single week. So I was trying to put something up on the wall or, or, something so i was asking the boys like yo when you fight can i get a shirt can i get some shorts can i get some gloves um banners sponsor banners like whatever you guys want and before we knew it the walls were covered we had like 92 feet worth of shirts and shorts and gloves and all kinds of fight banners all over the place but we also realized after just talking with customers and clients and stuff like that that as much as we love the boys that fought and grappled and stuff like that <clears throat> the average joe that paid our bills was scared to death when they, when they first came because that, that type of branding, even though when it comes down to it, a lot of my guys that were fighting were actually doing workouts that were easier or less intense mm-hmm. than the general population, just because of their demanding schedule and all the other stresses they got in their life. So um, when we were transitioning to that new gym, we, um, I didn't want to leave those boys behind. We rebranded the physical gym that we were using, but um, I developed um, our website that, that we have now as a way to provide information for that, for those combat athletes. Um, that being said, I also didn't want to be the man. I didn't, I don't, believe that I know everything. I think I have some great experience now. Um, but at the time I was like, damn, dude, there's a lot of great people that are out there in the world um, that are doing good stuff. So I kind of geared the website around showcasing people that were supporting those athletes. And I've been real fortunate. It's been cool. Like I've been able to get around a lot of great people like yourselves that are doing great things for those athletes and really adding some value and making things better over time. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're at today is, is just continuing down that road and creating support for those kids that for a lot of them don't have it. Well, man, that's, that's one thing I've always admired since, since I found your page in the first place was how you connect all of the different professionals and you, it's almost like a spotlight on the people that are trying to help the combat athletes. Cause like, as 
me and Alex are both college wrestlers. Like, as you know, typically combat athletes don't necessarily get the spotlight. They're, they're the people that are weird. They're the weirdos wearing sweatsuits and running while the football players are in front. Right. Um, and it's cool because you're giving spotlight to the people that need it and to the people that really want to boost and give the spotlight to the athlete. So, so it's almost like a, a double level where you're putting that showcase on, like you put, you reposted my video of Jordan, you putting that yeah. spotlight on Jordan where he's the athlete that just got put in front of 50,000 people or however many followers you have now. And then also on top of that, I'm just trying to make athletes better. That's all I care about. And mostly combat athletes. So you're giving that secondary spotlight to the coaches that are just trying to do good stuff. So I just, I just respect the hell out of you for that. And I love it. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird world. I mean, not even, not even the last couple of years, that's a complete shit show, but Right. <laughs> um, you know, as far as just that, that world as a whole, like you said, it doesn't get a huge amount of attention, right? I think they're hyper-focused, super tight niches, um, that once they're in, man, people fall in love with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amen. And, and it never goes away, man. You see all these, you go to wrestling tournaments or like masters jujitsu or, you know, stuff like that. And it's a trip to watch, you know, 50 and 60 and 70 year old men that are still just glued to those sports and it's all the way down to their bones they're into it um and it's and it's cool to see right i remember being at i didn't wrestle at university of iowa i went to university of iowa and and got a lot of distractions and had fun and did all that stuff but i remember going to that arena the first time at carver hawkeye and walking in and watching the whole place packed right 13 15 000 people whatever it is and mostly from the perimeter right it was like football and wrestling there was the cool thing about iowa was that there's so many people there's no pro sport so people gravitate to all towards the the collegiate stuff and the whole place is full like all these farmers and people that live out in the middle and kind of out of the way and but it was the most educated fan base i'd ever seen in my whole life right the place was dead silent the whole time until something broke and then the whole place just erupted and went crazy, dude. It was the neatest thing ever. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I trained a lot of just general population over the years too, but, um, when it came down to it and I was really continuing to just change how I was training or who I was training or, or what I was really interested to. And more importantly, like what excited me to get up in the morning to actually do it. Um, that's why I just continue to to support those kids because I like the fact that I like the mentality. It reminds me of hanging out with my boys when I was younger um, and my teammates and stuff like that. And I like it when their name's on the board and it says two weeks out and they're going to fight in UFC, whatever, and um, or whatever event it is that they're they're competing in. And I like that deadline. I like the intensity. I like their attitude. I like their work ethic. Um, and I just want to see them all do better. Like you said, once you, you hang out with anybody for long enough, you know, me personally, if they stick around and they're consistent for a long period of time, I have a hard time not falling in love with them a little bit. So exactly, you want to see you want to see them do well. You know, so um, yeah, it's fun. It's super fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's something that I pick up on hugely is that that relationship aspect, right? When you're coaching somebody, and then, like you said, they're consistent. You build a friendship with them. You fall in love with a little of them. You get to stay with them through the highs and the lows, and then you get to see and respect the work that they put in, right? So I and. Like you said, wrestling. And you go through the gutter. You go through the good times and the bad times and all that (laughs) stuff, man. That's the the biggest part. I always, I guess I saw it a little maybe closer just because of the people that I know. But like with uh, like last weekend or 
was it last weekend or two weekends ago in Anaheim? Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, right. So you see, you know, uh, Figueredo wins and Moreno loses. Right. Mm-hmm. And just like, and as, as an example, like I don't train, you know, Moreno, but I know his strength coach. I know his manager, you know, mm-hmm. I see all this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty tight with those guys. And, and that's tough. Yeah. brutal like it's a close fight with lots of things on the line there was a lot of nerves going into that fight and a lot of things happening and you don't always win so i'm yeah. always like it was funny because i almost like gravitated towards all the stuff on the behind the scenes that was going on because that kid lost but at the same time i'm like when i see young kids that are undefeated that are coming up the ranks and they're cocky and they're arrogant yeah. and they're doing other stuff i almost always say i hope you lose yeah yeah and it's not it, like they a learn. mean it's it's not like a mean thing. It's not like I hope yeah. everybody loses and I'm wishing the worst on everybody, but I want them to lose because I want to see how they react to it because everybody does. Yeah. At well, some point or another yeah. and it's kind of how how you're going to adjust to it. So Well, that's the biggest thing and then I saw actually Jason put up a a great Instagram like right after the fight. He's like it took me 3 what was it? 3 weeks to respond or no, 3 days to respond to three everybody's. 3 days. Yeah, I had to respond. Yeah. It took me 3 days to respond to everybody's uh, text after that one took me three minutes to respond <laughs> after I, I lost. And I'm like, that's, alone, that's true. It absolutely is. It yeah. absolutely is. And it's a trip, but I think people need to learn that, right? Because we have this, like I was talking with um, one of my guys the other day and I, I don't remember who exactly we were talking about. It doesn't really matter, but I was like, it's weird to me personally when people like put everybody up on pedestals like oh mm-hmm. this dude is like the greatest ever and then they like meet him and they're nervous and stuff like that i'm like hey they're just douchebags like us yeah, like exactly just <laughs> dudes right they're just hey, people they all talk shit they're all just want to hang out with the boys they're all laughing about dumb stuff uh but they have something that they're chasing and I think everybody's better in the chase personally. Like, um, but it, it is, it's crazy to me. And I, I love Jason because I've seen, I remember 12 years ago when, man, we were at shitty fights in Pomona in the middle of nowhere and some, <laughs> I mean, dirty places like out in the middle of nothing. And, and I reminded him of that, that week, actually that day it was fight day. And I said, yo dude, take a deep breath, right? Yeah. Enjoy every <laughs> single moment that is today right because you could still be in pomona or somewhere shitty like that like chasing <laughs> dudes around you know so yeah. it's cool they, they come a long way but it's it's neat to see everybody evolve and change and, and do well but but also not right yeah, i think those right. are the things like back in the day where um i mean i think there's a there's a special thing that when people are building teams as an example or like the military mm-hmm. i know that's a big piece of that when they grind them all down at the beginning of boot camp yeah. And break and they break all of them, right? As best they can. They try to break everybody down. But because of that, those dudes are fucking locked in tight because they had to go shoot that shit together. And I still remember the dudes that I everybody that I went through a lot together. That's always the stuff that you remember and, and like and cherish and and think about later, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a definitely the highest of highs and lowest of lows, but yeah, you know, absolutely that, adversity and like and again it's magnified to the nth degree in combat sports because it's one person right it's the individual adversity that you're going through whether it's you know a fight camp or a jiu-jitsu tournament or whatever like you have to put that on your shoulders and then it reveals a lot of your character when you come through but even in a team setting like you just said the adversity that Austin and I went through wrestling in college like 
that's a hundred percent the foundation of our friendship. Right. So some of the shittiest memories, but some of the best (laughs) memories. Yeah. The ones you (laughs) hold on to. Um, And I'm curious too, like, as far as, you know, coaching and strength coaching, I I like to nerd out on uh, some of the methodologies and everything, but like, do you think that's a part of a strength coach's role as far as like breaking them down both mentally and physically to, to create some of that solidarity or where do you see that coming from? It's an interesting one, right? As far as when you, I'm 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 guessing that you're asking about intensities and volumes and methods and all that type of stuff, right? Well, that, and you know, it's, it's a huge, like, I feel like cultural narrative that like strength coaches are the hard asses, you know, our strength coaches are the ones that like, go, go, go. And we're going to put it on you. And I, I can, it's easy to be, it's easy to make somebody tired. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Easy. Like if I want you yak in the bushes, it'd take me about five, six minutes. Exactly. I can get everybody to yak in the bushes and that doesn't, it doesn't necessarily do much, add much value for these guys. Right. Um, The longer I, you know, maybe I made some of those mistakes at the very, very beginning before we really understood exactly all the things that were going on and all the other stresses that are in these kids life. Um, but it just depends. Like, right? I mean, I, as some kids, some sports, like for example, uh, everybody's different. Everybody's has a different background. Like you guys, if you came to me and you guys said that you wrestled in college, um, I don't think I really need to make you tougher. Amen. You know, I think those, some, all these kids are tough, right? Now they might be out of shape, right? They might not have the momentum right now mentally and physically and maybe you need to coax them back up into that you know higher level of performance and and confidence in their physical abilities um but it also depends on all the other factors that go into their week for me you know so um, if i know that my local mma coach is a grinder right Mm -hmm. um i do less and less and less of that because i know that they get enough of that shit when it when they're at skill practice you know and if i go and i see them spar and they i remember lauren landau talking about this too mm-hmm. going and watching people spar and if you go like if they just say spar and you say yeah that's a that's a red day that's a high intensity day this that and the other but then you go and watch them and you're like dude that was buddy sparring they, yeah, you right. guys weren't yeah, you yeah. guys aren't hit you guys aren't hitting the gears that i want you to hit so i need to I might need to fill that gap. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but me personally, you know, I will, I typically spend all my time now, almost all of it at higher intensities than they're probably getting at practice, right. Strength and power development. Um, and even on the conditioning side, more of those real high intensity bursts mm-hmm. as they get closer to a fight. And then if we're not close to a fight, you know, maybe I'm helping them develop the aerobic capacity or power or whatever it is that they need on that lower level um, to really lay a solid foundation and to keep them healthy. Um, and then it's talking to them about their week, you know, Hey, let's, let's lay out your week. And I got the big whiteboard sitting here. And every time I start drawing a week, they know, right. I'm like, all right, dude, what's your week like now? Like, cause it, t- some of them, maybe it's exactly the same every single week, but then other people, uh, are maybe jumping around a few different locations with different coaches, trying to develop different skills and stuff like that. And you have to like be on top of it because real, real quick, you know, if they decide, okay, cool. Well, Hey, I got, you know, this wrestling coach coming in and then I'm going to go with the comp team at jujitsu. And then all of a sudden their backs out. Yeah. yeah. Well, there maybe they're a stand up fighter and wrestling fucking works them. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that does all the time. Where it's a or it's a wrestler kid who's you know trying to learn how to box and and that's a whole another stress and stimulus for them. So it's a it's definitely a a dimmer switch trying to figure out all the highs and lows of what they're doing every week and kind of fill in the gaps where we can. 
but I feel like I'm almost more of a mediator a lot of times yeah. between all this, all the stuff that they're doing. And then I'm just giving them like a little dose of something, right? If yeah. I can get them to squat and hinge and push and pull and, and be confident in those things. And just every few weeks, just giving it a little turn, a little twist, a little change, maybe just a load position or, or intensity change or, or maybe a different piece of equipment with the same patterns, just to give them a new stress. You know, that's kind of what we're doing. But my goal, if you ask any of the boys, like, what's the most important thing to Corey, it's just show up. Yeah. Right. You're going to have good weeks. You're going to have bad weeks. Like, you know, with like, like one of my guys this week, you know, we're supposed to be like finishing up the last week of a pretty good strength block because nothing's in the, in the future right now, nothing's in ink. So he wanted to just really push on some heavy loads for a while, Mm -hmm. but he wrestled hard. The next morning, he grappled super hard. His back was a little out. So we adjusted this week. And we didn't get that last squat session that we were wanting to get in. And I could care less. Because yeah, I just want to keep him. I, I want to keep him healthy, right? So we, yeah. we pivoted, you know, a couple of days ago. We did a bunch of stuff to kind of get him feeling good again, to get the right stuff firing. And he walked out feeling better, felt fine the next day. And... We'll see what happens next. But I mean, if they're consistent for long periods of time, only good things can happen, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't stress over numbers. I don't stress over stuff like that necessarily all the time because of that stuff, right? The the most important thing for me is that they're healthy. Um, Not that they can squat two and a half more pounds than they did last week. Yeah. I think that's that's beautiful. Yeah. That's that's awesome because I don't know. I I go back to my college days or whatever, and I think like strength conditioning and I might get in trouble at land. I was just primarily like a football um, training conditioning place or whatever. But like you come into the room and like strength coach is supposed to be the big bad dude or whatever. And then you get these MMA guys or wrestlers and you're like, you're not going to do anything worse than what we go through at practice. So it's like, it's funny that way. But I mean, it, it, what, what can happen and I've seen it is if people are too excited about like a particular piece of equipment, yeah. right? And traditionally in big strength and conditioning facilities, right? It's the barbell stuff. Um, But man, if you take some kid that's grinded up and you don't got their schedule straight and then you're hammering on the big three lifts or even some Olympic lifts with kids that are fried and beat up and tired or maybe not from, you know, technically proficient at those things, Mm -hmm. you could take them out really quick. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like, oh, his knee blew out or he hurt his back, but you know, I know I hear the stuff that kids tell me and it's like, you know, hey, I, how come you can't crawl? Oh, I hurt my wrist a couple of years ago. What were you doing? Uh, I was trying to clean and, you know, like set a record mm-hmm. for clean, like a PR yeah. for clean. Yeah. And this poor bastard jacked up both of his wrists trying to keep up with some massive power lift dude on a lift. And it's like, man, you just you jacked that kid up for a long, long time. Like his career wasn't right ever since, you know? Yeah, so it's yeah, like, so. those are the types of things where that ego, ego type stuff, it can be on the conditioning mm-hmm. side, maybe from skill coaches, which is very, very common, right? Which is mashing everybody down and making them so-called tougher, right? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, mental toughness days. You're absolutely right. It could come from the strength and conditioning side just as well, where it's like, maybe they're not familiar with those, athletes are able to scale things enough where you're just trying to give them a little bit of a stimulus. You're not trying to make a, a strength athlete. That yeah. makes sense. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's big on movement literacy, right? Like it's, it's teach the athlete to move, give them as much movement variability as possible, allow them to use their bodies. Like if you're working with a, like one of my athletes is like a six foot tall, 135 pounder. I'm not going to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, so he's What's he walk at? 
uh, like 155, 156. But he, I mean, he was a three time state champ wrestler. He's actually, he's uh, O'Malley's best friend. They, they're basically the same person, just Tommy has wrestling and Sean doesn't. Um, uh. But so he's like that type of build. But then the exact same weight class, I have Hunter Azure, who's a five foot seven little brick shithouse. I'm not going to load them. I'm not going to give them the same workouts. That's, that's yeah. dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that is, we just did a whole podcast on quote unquote <clears throat> orthopedic cost, but like, and do you see, did you see any of that stuff? Mike Boyle was getting raked recently. Cause he said that certain exercises probably aren't better. Oh, I, like, <laughs> but, hey, but I, I, it makes a lot of sense though. Like, exactly. Really exactly. So, so for example, I was thinking about this last night. If somebody picks something, like, uh, mm-hmm. if you're a, okay, j- gym owner, I don't know who listens to your podcast most. And we talk about like gym owners, trainers, and we talk about fighters. Athletes. Honestly, a, a bunch of everything, a lot of skill coaches, um, and a lot of athletes. So from my perspective, do you do this? You do something, anything for 20 years. Yep. Okay, cool. If you do the same exercise for long enough, you're going to get out of balance in yep. certain athletic ways. You just are. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Argue with me if you want. I don't mind. <laughs> I, I won't. I probably won't argue back. But it's just a matter of like, if you drink caffeine and you abuse caffeine for mm-hmm. twenty years because you're waking up at four in the morning to go to the gym and you come home at nine o'clock at night, bro, I did it right. Mm-hmm. And when I was young, it was a matter of going, hey, Saturday, dude, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the city with the boys. We're gonna come home at three in the morning. And oh damn, I gotta be at the gym at eight o'clock to to do my shift. Yeah. And then you're taking, you know, coffee and then it's, you know, whatever other caffeine yeah, all, all the other product stuff. that's out there. <laughs> yeah. But you do that for long enough. And it was weird. Like after a little while, it just, I couldn't tolerate it yeah. as much. Yeah. Right. So I think, I don't think that movement or any other kind of stress is any different. Right. Yeah. If you, if you hammer on that one thing or that one joint or that one exercise pattern and there's no variation whatsoever, I don't think that's good either. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's when, you know, people talk about very variations and, and other ways to stimulate that pattern. And I think it becomes, yeah, you don't want to change things all the time. That whole muscle confusion thing. I think right. there is massive benefit in just doing things for three or four weeks so you can adapt and get better and improve it. And then make a small little pivot, right? Right. Um, and I think the cool thing with social media now is that you're able to see a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do still hear everybody. Like if anything is new, if anything is outside of what's learned at the big certification or whatever it is, they think that that's the only thing that's right, yep. right? And then like the cool thing, like when we had our gyms, we were fortunate enough to live in southern california so you know in an effort just to keep the doors open there for a little while i was always like damn dude what else can we do to you know bring in some revenue mm-hmm. and then after a while i was like dude we live in southern california it's nice here all the time yeah it's a good location between la and san diego mm-hmm. so i just started reaching out to anybody that i wanted to learn from and say hey dude i got you know, 7,000 square feet of open space in Southern California between LA and San Diego. If you ever want to come and do a workshop here, our doors are open, right? And man, we had people come all the time, like every quarter for sure. Usually every other month we'd host something and we got around a lot of neat people. So we had, you know, a variety of different people that would come through some body weight style, some sandbag guys, some like GPP more type, you know, individuals. And it was fun to kind of learn people that kind of lived in that little piece of the puzzle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Um, but as an example, like we had these guys through a relationship that we had with a kettlebell guy that was from San Jose, I think. Um, he brought these guys from Siberia, Russia, who were 11 and nine time world champions in kettlebell lifting, right? Oh, wow. So if you look at Instagram and all these kettlebell flow guys and all this other stuff that's out there with people swinging around kettlebells and stuff, they get a lot of views. They get a lot of likes. They get a lot of attention because it's cute and it's nice and it's something different. And everybody's always kind of looking for something like that, right? Mm -hmm. These kettlebell guys came and you start to pick the brain and yeah, they all had a good foundation in gymnastics, right? They were okay. all proficient on the barbell with the basic stuff. Mm -hmm. They obviously, their priority was, you know, maybe the long cycle snatch or the jerk, mm -hmm. right? Which are the basic mm -hmm. comp competitive lifts, but they lift that shit for 10 minutes straight, right? <laughs> Which I was like, okay, that's crazy, right? So yeah. you have a... 140 pound general in the Russian army that comes and that dude lifts 232 K bells, which is his body weight God. in a jerk for 10 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> my, I can't do that shit for one minute. Like that's amazing. Yeah, but they were well-rounded. I guess mm -hmm. it was my, my biggest point because they, they jogged every morning. They ran, Oh, you can't do road work. It'll, it'll ruin your knees. What? Like, I don't understand. Like, if you go down that road too much or you have injuries or your gait patterns all jacked up, maybe, right? Right. Those dudes ran every single day, two, three miles as a warm up. They'd come back, they'd kind of get ready to do whatever it is they're going to do that day. And then they hit their main stimulus, right? But they were, they were lean, they were athletic. They were not grinding themselves into the dirt. Like they had their system dialed in tight. And it was like, wow, you can pull some pieces of the puzzle from them, right? Yeah. Um, but I thought that part was super fascinating because then you could do, we did the same thing with Bulgarian bags and heavy clubs and, you know, uh, sandbag work and all these other things that like, I kind of just wanted to geek out on at the time. But now it's cool because then your toolbox becomes pretty large. You understand how to manipulate a lot of different variables. And, and it's, it's been super useful, mainly when the boys come in and are like, yo, I hurt my wrist or I hurt my shoulder or I fucked up this or that, or whatever it is. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, let's try these three or four different movements. Which one doesn't hurt? And then you yeah. try and you're like, ah, see, we could still do stuff, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then, oh, yeah. and the boys always laugh. They're like, how the hell do you know all this stuff? And I'm like, mainly just because I was all jacked up from so many years of doing all this stuff too. So it's like, you just have to figure out a way to keep moving. Um, and you just try to keep pushing that bus forward a little bit with all the obstacles that come your way. And I think that's the, not necessarily the, the initial education about all this stuff, but, you know, train, how do you train a fighter? Right. Man, that's a long ass book, right? <laughs> because there's so many different variables that come into play and so many different obstacles that pop up. And if you have all these things in your toolbox where you can pivot and adjust on a moment's notice, then I've found it very valuable in my own career working with these these particular athletes because they always do have things come up and you got to be able to pivot and change gears pretty quickly um, and keep them focused and keep them moving so that they can keep that momentum. Oh yeah. Well, and, and something that I've seen out of a lot of your videos is the unconventional training methods, mm -hmm. whether uh, something I really like, I don't know what you call them. The big, the big uh, barrels, are they like slosh, oh, yeah. slosh barrels? Uh, you can. Yeah. Uh, John Brookfield, um, who I, uh, a lot of people don't really know, but he's the guy that developed the battling rope system. Okay. Um, okay. So he's the nicest dude on the planet. 
Um, he's from North Carolina. He looks like your big uncle that just worked construction his whole life. <laughs> uh, big mustache. And, you know, he's like big, like, oh, yeah, yeah, six, six, five, 250, easy. And like, doesn't look like a bodybuilder at all, mm-hmm. but he would do stuff and like, we couldn't even like budget. He was yeah. the strongest human being I've ever been around in my life. Damn. But he had that, he had that GPP kind of just work for long periods of time yeah. and just deal with it. Right. So it was cool. He showed me that. And I'd been pretty close with him. He was one of the first people to help us when we opened our first gym. So we got into that rope system and then he had a bunch of stuff he did with like real heavy chains. Um, and then, body weight work that we were doing and then one one day he called me and says hey i got a new system i want to show you he goes you should come to the house I said, okay well, after a while I'm like, what is it and he's like, i just come to the house but <laughs> so i flew to <laughs> i flew to north carolina just because i was like all right john's always got crazy shit i love it right yeah yeah it's it's really simple you can scale it for everybody um and all of it almost no no risk of getting hurt right yeah the barrel i walk into his garage and he had all those they're like 55 gallon pickle barrels right yeah. and he had probably seven or eight of them and you push them pull them tilt them roll them you're just manipulating a big ass heavy barrel full of sand right you can put water in them so it sloshes around and stuff like that but after what i noticed when we had that is that they can only get up to like 250 okay. and it's not like you're picking you're not picking it up right right you're just, right, right you're just you're, trying to you're pushing it, it tilt it, roll it, whatever it is. The water became easy. At first you get that slosh and it's like, whoa. And it's like shifting all over the place. But after a while, we just kept doing them with sand. And then we had at the old gym, we had 250 pair, 350 pair, 450 pair and a 550 pair. Um, And it's red, like for pushing, pulling, tilting, rolling, all the guys that fought. It's, it's, it's a, it's a real simple way to push and pull and and manipulate a very, very heavy load. Like mine right now are 450. Um, But what I noticed, the result of it was that at first, like at the time, the first person that comes to mind is uh, Jessica Penny, who's, uh, she's still fighting in the UFC. But at the time, she was uh, fighting at 115. And I think she got the Adam weight title in Invicta, right? Yeah. At that time? Yeah. yeah. So not a large person, right? Yeah. Not a lot of strength background. She couldn't even move them. And it was super common for nobody to be able to even move them at the beginning. And then the second set, they'd be able to get it going. And then the third set, they'd get it. And I think it's just because their body just kind of figured out what to fire, how to coordinate, like yeah. whatever. But what I started to get, a lot of was coaches hitting back up and saying, yo, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. Cause so-and-so is ridiculously strong right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And like Ian McCall even says it now he's got two in his backyard. He was here yesterday. And I said, I said, yo, you still got those barrels in the backyard. And he goes, yep. He goes, those are the greatest things you've ever done. <laughs> right. And it's, yeah. I like it. Right. It's like, yeah, how awesome. simple is that shit? You just push and pull these. It's just a big load. It's no different than any other push and pull, but it's right, like, exactly. okay, cool. Well, how does, how does it fit into the whole picture? Right. So um, that's where those come from. John, John showed us those things and they've been pretty cool. So yeah, they stuck around. We try a lot of stuff, but about 50% don't make the cut for very long or we, <laughs> yeah. or we, or we break it or whatever it is. So. Yeah. The one I've oh, tried though, yeah. that I saw though, was the, what is it? The car blanket where you, Oh, that, the moving blanket. Yeah. yeah he showed us that bent. shit too. Oh no it's shit. It's just a, in my brain, it's just, <laughs> it's a, it's a lighter, faster mm-hmm. version of the rope. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And you can move, which yeah. I like. So yeah. it's it's almost on every single person's peaking plan as we're going into a fight. 
Hell yeah. yeah. You know, because you can do it extremely fast mm-hmm. um, and it, it runs your day pretty quick. Oh, I was um, just, I was just doing it like a, like a lactic spurts and I was yeah. toasted. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Super cool. I like it. Cause you just, you don't have a nice clean handle. You have to kind of mm-hmm. hold the corners that big, uh, we use moving blankets now. Mm-hmm. Um, we, but he said you could start with like a, a giant, uh, like a beach towel or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And yeah, it's cool. I mean, I have the boys out here right in front of the house. There's a, um, like a manhole cover. Yeah. And I said, Hey, that man, that manhole cover is your opponent. You got to circle as you're doing that movement. Okay. Um, so they're constantly yeah. changing directions and, and, and moving and, and just fast feet, fast hands and, and making sure that they breathe. Right. Trying to stay right. there, yeah. keep your body relaxed. Cause especially like with that, like that alactic explosive type work, when you tell everybody to go hard, the first thing I notice everybody does is go, <gasps> <Yep>. <laughs> and just yep. Yep. they grit, they grit, they, they tense up. And I'm like, Hey, that's the worst thing you could do on the planet. Cause you're going to gas out real hard if you get that a habit. So, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Like, so yeah, little things like the, the towel and the barrels and as much as everybody says like unconventional and, you know, I don't, it's just a, it's just another stimulus that's works. Yeah. Right. And Amen. we try stuff and if it works and it fits and we, and the, everybody likes it and it doesn't cause any injuries or pain or anything like that. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. That's, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it, if they stumble and it's a little bit too much of a learning curve and like, they're not getting the intensities that we want out of that drill because of whatever reason. I'll bench it. Like yeah. not maybe not that it's a bad movement, right? It might not be a bad piece of equipment, but we either it's not appropriate right now, right? Or we don't know how to manipulate that tool right yeah. yet. And push it aside. Maybe we got to learn more. Maybe we just not right for right now. But Did it's I like- fun. I think that. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that that's out there that is maybe on the fringe and not really mainstream that is insanely effective. Um, And I think, I think every tool has its superpower, right? Like, uh, like if you talk about a mace, right. You know, the mace, uh, like the big stick would stick with a heavy ass ball in the end. Okay, cool. I follow these dudes that are like Indian wrestlers in India and they'll do stuff. And you're like, wow, son of a bitch, dude, that's really hard, Mm -hmm. but you just can't, because you've never seen that before and if yeah. you have some you know some kid comes with tight shoulders because he wrestled his whole life and did bench press then yeah you can't really like jump into that and just start winging that thing around or you're going to rip your shoulders off but yeah. um, there's value there it's just knowing how to scale it how to use it when to use it what's it good for you know where does it stress the body like a mace is way different than a bulgarian bag even though it looks like yeah. a similar movement right like they stress they stress things way different. Um, and then, yeah, it's, I, I geek out on that stuff just mainly because I've been doing this for so long and I love all the different various aspects of physical preparation. Right. So I'll watch, you know, you watch sprinters and stuff like that. And you're like, wow. Right. That's at the end of that spectrum, that little spoke on the wheel, like they're the best ones. Right. Yeah. Or you watch gymnasts and stuff and you're like, God damn, like, how the hell do you guys do that stuff? Like when they did, I saw this dude do a backflip into like a planche where he's like, his, you know, just holding himself up on <laughs> yeah. his arms and his yeah. feet are off the floor. Oh my God. But like from a backflip, he could do that. Like, wow, dude, like, I'm not going to have my boys do that. It makes no sense, but wow, that's crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. but I love that stuff, you know? So yeah. every once in a while you kind of say, okay, cool. I can pull that in and kind of see from experience how to scale it. Maybe it's a pull, maybe it's a push. I can categorize it. However, it fits in my brain, but, um, 
I do. I think there's lots of cool stuff that's out there that's valuable um, that does add a new little stimulus for the boys to be training with. And it, it does add value because there is that blue collar farm boy strength type stuff. And it's real. Like yeah, you guys amen. know, if yep. you guys, <laughs> you guys wrestled some kid that was doing that his whole life. Great. Now that can also take those kids. They do too much of it, it can make them slow as shit if they do it wrong. So you, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't, I never, if anybody's really like a one piece of equipment, one methodology type person, you about as valuable as a carpenter <laughs> that only carries a hammer. Like yeah. <laughs> you ain't going to build much of a house with just that one tool. You need some other stuff. Um, so I think it, it limits them for sure. No, that's yeah. awesome. And I think that that's where it gets into like the skill, the creativity and the, the fun part of coaching for me, right? You have your exercise parameters, your uh, time sets, reps, whatever, but it's like, what fits within this? What's the best tool for this individual? And that's where you can get really creative with it. And that's, that's the fun that I find in programming is getting creative and finding different ways to, like you said, be super effective or find something, the new, that's going to tick that box. Yeah, of course. And then it's fun. I I think it's fun. Every time for a little while there, when I was opening gyms, I got away. There was two periods. When I first started in that little training studio and that dude was feeding me all this information, I loved it. As many times as I fell asleep to some boring VHS tapes, (laughs) um, lectures and shit like that, I loved it because I was like, man, every single time I would train, I just felt like it was getting better and better and better and better. And then when I went to the big health club, it became more about sales, right? And numbers. And did Mm -hmm. you hit your numbers? And, And as much as that is a vital piece of the puzzle, I didn't like it, right? I didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much, right? And it kind of that's end up why I end up leaving that that uh, that type of facility because of that. Um, but I did need to learn it, right? Which is yeah. important. Yeah. Right? It's a skill. <laughs> and when I came out to California at the beginning, like I remember trying to get like a job at a gym, and I literally I got a job at a gym out here, and I went to work the first day. <laughs> And halfway through my shift, I looked at the dude that hired me and I said, hey, dude, <laughs> I really apologize, but I'm out. I can't do this no more. <laughs> and he was like, what? We just like, you just started. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, I know. I've been here. I've done this. Like, it ain't for me. Right. Yeah. So I left. And uh, when I got back into when we opened our gyms and got back into bringing all those people out and learning new stuff. And, and I, I kind of fell back in love with it again, mm-hmm. right? Because I yeah. continuing to evolve and change and improve and grow. Absolutely. And, uh, and then even with the website and like we did a, a hundred podcasts, over a hundred podcasts like this um, previously, right? where we get to talk to all these people all over the world. And it was dope. I think it's super yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's fun. I think it's, I think it's awesome to like hear people's perspective and stories and like all the stuff that's going on and, and maybe learn methodologies or whatever it is that they're doing that's, that's working for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it does, it keeps everything fresh and new and, and you're always uh, getting better, right? Yeah. Which I think is a, a big piece of the puzzle, at, at least for us. So, um, well, yeah, cool- it's, it's cool. Yeah. The coolest part about that is like, bringing people in you're around like-minded individuals that's what makes you want to get better like at least yeah. to me like yeah. do you know who brett winchester is uh i don't dns he's a dns guy um but he he's one of my mentors he was a st louis cardinals uh director of performance for a little but like when i'm around brett when we bring him in for a course i just want to be a better strength coach i want to be a better chiropractor i just want to be a 
better version of myself. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it, it happens when those people come in, you get to share those ideas. And I think it's so cool when, when you can be around those like-minded individuals and whether it's virtually yeah. like, like the website or whether it's in person, like when you're bringing yeah. people into the gym, that just makes you better. Yeah, yeah of course. It all, it, it absolutely does. That's why I think like when people have these workshops and stuff like that, the most disappointing part for the last couple of years, at least was that mm-hmm. virtual is not the same. Nope. Right. And you, you get around people, you go to an event, whether it's uh, you're going to learn as a business owner about marketing or you're going to learn about some skill thing or methodology or whatever it is. Still, it's still, I think, yeah, you can always learn from people. But then you, in my brain, at least, at least when I was doing a podcast for a site, <clears throat> as much as people piss and moan and argue online, I sat there and interviewed 106 different people from a lot of different places and different skill levels and education levels and all that stuff. And man, I asked the same exact questions for 106 podcasts <laughs> and you know what they weren't very far off they were pretty similar yeah. and in that uh, probably 95 percent of them were about the same and i almost awesome. i, I kind of want i kind of wanted to do that on purpose because i was like man stop stop arguing like yeah. you guys aren't making anything any better like right. it's not changing anybody's mind mm-hmm. people just are just wasting time bickering back and forth about this that and the other when in the grand scheme of things the the big blocks were pretty damn close yeah. right and everybody has the same goal everybody's trying to make their guy better um and that part to me was the most uh i don't know kind of refreshing just because it's like stop making trying to make everything sound complicated stop trying to make everything difficult right yeah. um maybe you guys use different pieces of equipment but dude if you actually like listen you guys are doing the same shit like you know the progressive overload is there right yeah. you're challenging different movement patterns you guys are making sure you're not killing your boys so they can actually go to practice the next day and move. Right. So it's, that part was cool to me Um, because I think everybody gets, everybody's so tribey, right? (laughs) Like so much. I'm part of this. I'm part of this group, right. Or this thing, or this is the piece of equipment that is, that solves all the issues (laughs) in the world. It's like, no, dude, it's just, it's just the thing that you know right now. Right. So, Amen. Or you're Hindu or whatever. I got, I got into that with what it was. And don't be wrong. I love using landmines, but I got told by somebody in Cairo school. He's like, well, you don't even need to use a bar. You don't have to use a barbell for with weight on both sides anymore. You just can land, use the landmine forever. And I'm like, you're, you're, are you dumb? (laughs) like that doesn't make any sense like yeah you can do a bunch of stuff you could do rotational patterns that's cool that's a great use of the barbell but like hey it's not it's not going to replace max strength with a bench press i could promise you that if you're doing just absolute strength absolutely and then like robustness is robustness right like that's the that's the cool thing with strength conditioning or like with the different methodologies movement patterns implements that we're using like you're just creating a robust athlete in front of you you can apply the same principle to yourself as a coach. Like how robust yeah. are you if your athlete comes in with a hurt shoulder, hurt wrist, hurt knee, whatever, how robust are you if they got smashed at practice and they come in after practice? Like how well can you pivot or what do you know to still be effective? Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool, uh, thought when you i guess social media as much as i dislike it yeah uh, in certain in certain ways there's the other side of the coin is like everybody now is pretty well aware of all the other people that are in their little world yep. right and that didn't wait, exist <laughs> 10 years wait, ago you don't like social media you're like one of the kings of social media in my you're, in my book oh, you're killing it <laughs> Yeah, you share the best stuff and you do. Well, I mean, I I like I like sharing the information. I guess it's just hearing 
everybody's opinion all yeah. the time. <laughs> and a lot of stuff is a lot of stuff is valuable and a lot of stuff is not. And you know, now these days at least with some social media platforms the uh the censorship because of the current times and yeah. that's changed yeah. things a lot, right? Yes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and that not from a political standpoint or anything like that. It's just hey it's like the, that, yeah, that yeah, mark just, that that world yeah. has changed a yeah. lot. You got to like watch the words that you use and stuff like, like legitimately. Not even, and even just having to reach that people used to have versus they have now it's things have changed. Right. So it's that, I guess it's that thing. Like if somebody tells me like next week that there's a new social media platform, I'm like, Oh God damn it, dude, I got to learn something new. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't want to learn another one. Right. I just want the the people that want to see my stuff. I want them to see my stuff and I want to talk with those people and hang out and, it's just mm-hmm. the part that I, that's the part I don't like is all that part of it. Yeah. I just want to hang out with everybody and shoot shit and laugh mm-hmm. and have the boys do better. The big yeah. question, did you jump into TikTok yet then? I've opened an account three times, dude. <laughs> three times. <laughs> I did. I'm stuck, huh? Like, and everybody's like, bro, you got to get on there. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude, I don't want to do another one of these things. Another video, another format. I got to edit another video another way. So I have, okay, I got to edit it horizontal for uh youtube and then i have to horizontally and vertically i have to do it for this one and now instagram's like well you have to do a reel and you have to use our system or we're not going to show it to anybody (laughs) and then you have tiktok and it's just like uh i think i I did i put up i put up like six eight videos and i don't know that i put anything up in two or three months because i just i can't really personally get into it at all so i downloaded the app once and then I scrolled for like 25 minutes. And I'm like, this isn't where I want to be. And I just <laughs> deleted it immediately. I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that that's going to be the case. Right. I just, I, uh, I really don't have an answer for you on that one. <laughs> but yeah. No, but I, I sympathize with you because I was kind of a, a hermit before me and Austin started doing all this building and fire stuff. Like I had an Instagram, but I didn't ever go on it. I don't have Facebook. I don't ever do that. It's a lot and of I, time. Yeah, for a business yeah. to make it worthwhile. Yeah, for a, I'm even questioning like, with you say like I'm killing it, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Like that's that's I like it. I appreciate it. Like yeah. I've had a lot of fun over the years putting things together. But then the return on investment is something you always got to come back to because if yeah. if you get like anybody, and this can be from a strength coach's business perspective or a fighter's career, mm-hmm. if you get too spread thin, you will falter, right? Mm-hmm. I've been through it. I've been burnt out. I didn't, you know, times where I worked pump to pump and worked my ass off and had a lot of fun doing it. And um, there's been other times where it was like, oh God, it's like just pushing a load up a hill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it's an investment. It's an investment in your time and energy. And I think everybody's got to kind of look at their schedule and maybe pump the brakes a little bit on some stuff, on a lot of stuff. It's just a just yeah. huge distraction. Um, and social media can be a massive distraction. Um, projects like, and it's no, no fault to what you guys are doing. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of people want to have podcasts and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Like, mm-hmm. Is it getting you to where you want? Yeah. And it can be like, ah, dude, yeah, I have a podcast, I've got a gym, I have a, I have a website, I got digital programs, I have an app, I have all these other things. It's like, yeah, but is it, how's your life? Like, is it making right. things better? 
Yeah. It's no different than a fighter. It's like, uh, yeah, dude, like I get to wrestle with this guy who's a world champ. And then I get to go to the jujitsu place and that guy's a world champ. And this boxing coach trained Triple G and this guy's got this guy. And, and then they just wreck themselves yeah. running all over the earth, trying to do everything. And it's too much. Where yeah. I think a lot of people could just kind of take social media as an example and look how many hours you spend on Instagram every day yeah, yeah. and be like, dude, that's a lot of time. Like four, five, six, seven hours from the kids that I ask, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, guys, that is not good for your noodle, <laughs> right? Amen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's I just not. I mean, imagine, yeah. imagine, like, I, like, when we were talking about consistency in the gym, like, when I, uh, the boys getting consistent, I put posts up before where it's like, yeah, if you miss one session a week, that's 50 workouts a year that your competitor got you. Yeah. And you guys mm -hmm. know 50 workouts. I can work out with you guys 50 times. There's some significant shit that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine if it's 50, 60, hundreds of hours a year that you're pissing away on social media, looking at, you know, silly memes and some girl's butt, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what yeah, i'm saying it's like yeah, it's not yeah. all it's not all helping you move forward so i think everybody just got to be cautious with all that stuff no matter if you're a strength coach or a fighter trying to get better or or just trying to move ahead in your life like there's enough distractions in life itself and not to mention that little phone that we're all holding that's sucking the life out of us pretty quick <laughs> yes yeah but yeah. I mean, other, that's kind of all the stuff I want to talk about with you. Last, last stuff on the agenda though, is do you have any tips for new strength coaches coming up? Man, I, the, the best advice I ever got, it was from my buddy, Tony, who gave me my first job. And he says, if you want to blow past 90% of the people that are in this industry, just keep learning stuff. Don't let a day go by where you don't talk to somebody like you guys. You don't read something. You don't try something, apply something, go to an event, learn something new, but keep evolving, keep changing, keep trying to make things better. Um, and it's the same. I mean, I guess I would say that to a, a new fighter as well. Like, yeah, it's going to be a long road, right? It's going to be a fucking long road in whatever you do. If exactly. you're a mortgage, and if you're going to be a mortgage dude, buckle up, dude. Your life's going <laughs> to suck for like a few years while you're getting your feet off the ground. And it's mm -hmm. no different for an athlete strength coach or anything else you know I, I really i really believe that and it's it's just a matter of saying okay cool well then learn new stuff get around good people find out who the authorities in that space are um not necessarily like the social media authorities all right. the time although some of those can be fucking red they're great people too so um but i would say like learn things and then when you do learn things figure out what that person is best at mm -hmm. and then try to maybe absorb or learn some of that information that they do really well. And some people, maybe like Brett Bartholomew, where you could go learn how to communicate with people more effectively. I think what he's doing is absolutely insane off the charts cool. Yeah. Um, because it's not about X's and O's and sets and reps and intensity and all that stuff, which everybody argues about. But I think he's really adding a lot of value. So you find people like him, God, do jump on that shit and learn from them. Um, if you want to learn barbell stuff, red, dude, go get some gigantic power lifter dude and <laughs> learn how he, they set up for the bar and everything's systematic and everything's how they create massive tension to be able to pull a thousand pounds, right? Or whatever it is. Um, but then also realize that there's lots of different spokes in that wheel and you can develop all those little athletic qualities better, right? Mm -hmm. So even if you went to a workshop and learned how to maximize a warm up for like somebody mm -hmm. beneficial, fuck yeah, yeah, dude, let's do it. Right. Um, 
or kettlebell or sandbag or to develop power, or to develop strength. Or if you get around a gymnastics guy and you can geek out on body weight stuff for a minute. Cool. Like I would just say, just keep, keep exploring and learning and changing and figure out what it is that little niche that you want to have yeah. fun in that you're attracted to. And that's where you can live, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, that was, that's actually talking on that. That's uh, Chris Duffin was the guy who taught he, kabuki uh kabuki strength yeah that. yeah so he he got a comes... couple of their big ass bars over there oh yeah, yeah you got yeah. the transformer bar over there i got i got the the hex bar and the transformer bar they're Dude, cool the man hex i love bar them. is awesome yeah it's dope right i love yeah. that <laughs> Super yeah. nice. we have uh we got their flywheel and the their their version of the flywheel is insane because it's the is dual axis, it? yeah, it's pretty cool. Because I I I talked to him about it. Because I got I got three versa pulleys. So okay. I got yeah. I got them set up like one horizontal on the wall, and then I built like a box over there. I've seen that. Got yeah. one one going vertical, but yeah, we've been I've been using those for whew, like fifteen years. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but I saw that and I thought it was. It's super, super cool. I know those guys are really creative. Um, Dude, just the craftsmanship of the, like, even just the little minor details of the wood, like the wood he yeah, uses nice. and, and the little yeah. etchings that he did that I know he did himself. I'm like, oh, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. But, yeah. but he was the guy talking about like, learn from somebody. I wanted to learn how to do deadlift form. So we brought him into R2P, uh, which is a, it's a club at the Cairo school. He taught everybody how to do the deadlift. He brought him and his entire, his entire staff. And they taught all of these different like Cairo students how to deadlift. And I'm like, that was, I use his cues. I'm like, I just learned how to deadlift by a guy that can deadlift a thousand pounds. Like this is amazing. It's fuck. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Oh, I know. That's dope though. But it's yeah. cool because yeah, because if you wanna if you wanna learn the fact that you can even get on the line with somebody like that is pretty yeah. rad. Right? Well, like I had I had Chad Smith, Chad Wesley Smith from Juggernaut. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. I've I've got to hung out with him. He's local. So I was like, Hey, can you come to the gym and do deadlift videos? And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> He came and his giant ass was like picking yeah. up huge weight and it's That's like a big fucking dude. dude. Yeah. He got on that he got on that pulley and started ripping on it. And I thought it was like, ooh, I hope those anchors in the wall are good, man. He's strong. <laughs> but but yeah, it's fun, right? It's it's cool to get around all those different people and just learn little pieces yeah. of it. So just learn from a specialist because they're changing the they're changing their piece of the world in their own little way. And you can just oh, learn just take a little nugget from them. So deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure oh but Corey, hey i appreciate it i appreciate everything appreciate you coming on here talking with us yeah. for a little bit thanks so yeah much, of man. course yeah. For sure it's nice to meet you guys for sure and yeah. uh yeah keep doing what you're doing man if i can help out just let me know yes sir and if people 100%. if people want to get in contact with you how do they do do that um people could just visit uh get physical okay um if you if you go get physical.com or mm-hmm. if you go to almost any site pretty sure every social platform is get physical calm okay like all, no dots or nothing in that but just get physical if they search it you'll probably find us so and if they dm or contact or whatever they'll they'll hit me up sweet all, all right, right y'all well as always this is building a fighter and we are out, out.